We are talking now to Ashton Simpson. Ashton Simpson, a candidate for state representative in House District 47. That begins around the I-205 freeway, I-205 freeway heading east. Ashton Simpson, a former U.S. Air Force civil engineering technician, single dad, graduated from PSU's community development program and now running for the House. Hello, Ashton. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing today? I am well, as I like to ask, who are you and why are you running? Oh, thank you. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on this morning. I really appreciate that. Um, so I'm Ashton Simpson, and I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I uh, grew up with my mom and my stepdad, my, both of which um, heavy in the transportation world. My mom right now is uh, her local lead at uh, TWU, Transportation Workers Union 262. So heavy background in the union and the family. And, uh, yeah, I, I moved, I ret- after I retired out of the Air Force, uh, I moved here to Oregon to go to school, as you said, and get my degree in community development. And then I, uh, once I graduated, I actually went to Colas Construction, and I uh, worked as a project engineer there for a little bit. And now I'm currently working at the Rosewood Initiative as their community asset uh, planner. Uh, sorry, community asset director. Sorry. Familiar and a fan of the Rosewood Initiative. What prompted you to run for the state legislature this year? Well, lack of representation. And when I say lack of representation, I mean, we we need solid leadership right now. Uh, it's been all but absent out here. I mean, there's some good things going on in East Portland. I'm not going to sit here and say that we don't have some great things coming down the pipeline. But in this moment right now, where we have so many issues that are creating bigger gaps in the inequalities that we experience in this district. Now is the time to make sure we have somebody in the legislature to speak to those issues. In what ways are we lacking leadership in the legislature? Well, not the the entire legislature, but here in this district, you know, we experience, we're having a housing crisis. Um, we have a lot of folks who aren't working. We ha- we don't have adequate uh, infrastructure in place, and we need somebody to speak to those things, uh, especially given that once we come out of this period of COVID and re- begin to recover, we got to get folks back to work with quality jobs so that they can take care of themselves, take care of their families. Um, working families and working parents are, are essential to our economy, um, and we got to make sure we take care of those folks. The current occupant of that seat is Diego Hernandez, a member of the POC caucus, organized uh, organized young POC, uh, people of color activists prior to being in the legislature. Uh, Your view is he's not providing the kind of leadership the legislature needs? Yeah, and you know, I don't, I I feel like uh, when we, we, first of all, I want to talk about me because and the, and the people in this district because i think when we we give too much attention to uh that topic or that issue um we take away from what's actually needed on the ground for the people here in this district well i mean i can put it another way what's what is needed so there's needs to be infrastructure uh there needs to be housing but what's not being done by the legislature and what's not being done by the current occupant of the legislative seat that suggests that a first-time member of the legislature would be a better deal? Well, so right now, where have we, where we have experienced all of these inequalities that are existing in this community, uh, 
I don't know where where the leadership is, honestly. That and that's what I, that's my point. We need to have someone there who's going to be vocal about the issues that are going on here. I mean, just think about this. And and within my district, uh, there's somewhat around 11 to 12 nonprofits um, trying to fill the gaps of services and needs for our most underserved community members. And when we when you look at that, to me, that's a glaring red flag that, hey, we, we haven't been paying attention to our grassroots folks who are on the ground every day working with folks. Um, I can tell you from my experience working at Rosewood, um, listening in listening sessions and, and, and working at the center and, and seeing folks come in, um, every day there's a need. There's always a need. And I feel like at this time, at this moment, we need folks to step up and speak out about it. I mean, it's been all but silent. Okay, so we speak out. What are the things we need to say? Or if it needs to go beyond words, what are the things that the legislature needs to do? If you end up in the legislature, what are the bills you're putting forward? Or what are the appropriations that you're directing to address the, the key priorities you identify? Well, first, we have to invest in our community. And I've already stated that we got to take care of our most vulnerable people. But we also have to understand that poverty is violence. So we have to address poverty because poverty is just another level of violence that we don't associate as because it's not physical or a mental state of violence. We don't we don't uh, sometimes think of it in that way. But then we also have to guide development. But another thing that I would like to put forth is environmental justice, because prior to the smoke um, that we faced in the wildfires here in East Portland, um, we didn't have the cleanest of air because we have high traffic corridors, um, high crash corridors that are five lanes, traffic going whizzing back and forth, back and forth. Um, in the summer times, it can be very hot. And these health outcomes are detrimental to people's uh, lives and their health. Um, and I also would like to expand working opportunities. And I think that that starts with our youth. Um, and when I say our youth, we need to not only say pre-K and kindergarten for all, but we need to say after-school programs for all, uh, K through 12, and we need to expand on that idea and also create an established career, school-to-career pipeline with trades being a major and integral part of that because if we're going to build up our community, we need to have youth involved in that, but they also need to know the skills in order to do that. Let's go deep on one of those. You can pick. In terms of what we can do in the legislature, uh, what what committee might be able to do something, what bill might be able to get passed, what appropriation might be able to put forward, maybe just what the, I'm not prepared to call it a bully pulpit, but the convening power of a member of the legislature can do. Pick one of those. Let's go a little deeper. Which one is more important to you or which do you think we could get most tangible on? I think the most important to me is our youth um, because ultimately they're going to inherit this society um, and it is our job, it is our duty as the adults in this society to give them something, a legacy that they can be proud of. Uh, and to me, I would love to dive deeper in supporting working families, one, um, making sure the social services are there for those families who need them. And then also, again, focusing in on those students, focusing in on those kids and making sure that they have uh, the options to do things that they need to do and want to do in life that will afford them a good quality of life. You know, there's one thing 
that isn't being spoken on out here in East Portland that has been raging. Um, prior to the fires, we had a huge uptick in gang violence, right? Part of that problem is our, our youth do not have options. And when, what happens to idle minds and idle hands, they tend to get into things that they don't need to be into. And I think uh, so I think everybody's I think probably everybody's nodding their heads. I certainly am about the need to make sure that there is a school to career pipeline uh, and make sure there are legitimate opportunities and options uh, for kids. So in the legislature, so let's do get deep on that one. And, and thanks for picking that one. So what do you do? You you get elected to the legislature. And what's the move or what are the few moves that you can get done that Tina Kotek isn't doing in the House, that Peter Courtney isn't doing in the Senate, or that Diego Hernandez is not championing from the seat that you're running for? Well, first of all, coming in as a Working Families Party uh, nominee, I will be the lone member on the floor that will be that, that way. So that, first of all, going in and, 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 and putting party politics aside, it's a moral issue. Would you, would you caucus with Democrats? Absolutely, I would. Okay. So you'll still provide sort of the same leadership vote. But talking about the youth, I want to get into policy a little bit. I want to get a little, at least a little nerdy to offer a little bit of depth. To get, to get a little deep on that, what would, you, what would you do on that? Is it a matter of, it a matter of funding a particular thing? Is there a, a law that needs to be changed? Well, I believe first we should, we, we should find some funding opportunities. And I'm, go, I'm not going to uh, sit here and blow smoke up you, but I'm not perfect, and I don't know the full extent of how things work. So my initial goal get, getting into the legislature is, one, immersing myself with the people, understanding my colleagues, uh, make it, letting them know that, hey, you know, just because I'm a Working Families Party uh, nominee and endorsed uh, nominee, I am my morals align with your morals in 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 essence so um that's one and then two then i present to them what it is i want to do because you have to also understand i'll be a rookie or an, an incoming freshman how many incoming freshmen get to come in and just kick doors down you have to you have to learn the lay of the land you have to sure get some foundation under you and that part i understand and that the military helped me understand that as well you just don't go into a situation guns blazing and thinking you're going to do what you want to do. That's not how the world works. So let's talk about the decision to run as a Working Families Party candidate. Walk us through that. The it's a district that, for you know, a couple decades now at least, has been held by a Democrat. It is a district that you know not as actually even more now than it used to be, but that whoever wins the Democratic primary is usually a cinch to. Uh, be elected. It might be based on some of the challenges Diego Hernandez has had. Uh, he's not currently, as I understand it, a member of a committee in the House. Uh, the uh, That dynamic might be a little different, but talk about the decision to run as a Working Families Party candidate rather than running as a Democrat in the primary uh, or a different party. Talk, to, talk us through that. Right. So, uh, and this goes back to, into my military career. I learned how to be a neutral observer. Um, and that's because in the military, you are not supposed to be involved in political, at least in the public eye, um, realms. And so for almost 10 years, I was non-party affiliated. Uh, and when this opportunity came up, I was in prime position to uh, ask for endorsements outside of the Democratic Party. Um, and How it, did it come up? How I'll when be, did I'll it be come up? With you. You, you said when it the was not a, a fun process because, uh, you know, I'm a nobody. 
you know, and so some kid comes out of nowhere and they're like, hey, would you nominate me or endorse me? And they're like, well, we don't even know who you are. And I'm so thankful and grateful that the Working Families Party took that initiative and they believed in what I was saying to, to nominate me and put, forth, put me forth to represent them and this district. Talk us through how the opportunity came up. When you say the opportunity came up, walk us through that. Well, so I this is something that I planned on doing two years from now. Um, part of my, my job at Rosewood is to stabilize the community. And when I say stabilize, meaning bringing in um, housing services or housing, period, and quality jobs so that people can stay in, the, in place while this area is guided by development. But uh, – when this all came up and I heard that, you know, we don't have, we won't have a voice really. I was like, well, I'll just throw my hat in because I know that I can get done things. Once I make relationships, I can make things happen uh, from the seat that I sit in and hopefully, you know, move forward and get reelected and continue to do the good work within this district. Because honestly, like, Coming up into this next session, we're going to be facing a, a huge budget crisis, uh, and this is a district that can't afford any cuts. Um, I'm sorry. I know that there's, you know, a lot going on. But there's going to be cuts, yeah. Huh? There's going to be cuts, yeah. I mean, we're going to be there's, we're going to be dealing with a huge budget shortfall. What do you think we do about it? Well, we can't we can't leave our most vulnerable populations yeah. to spend for themselves and left hanging. I'll tell you that much. Um, that that to me that's not the, the moral choice or the moral option. Yeah, applying a moral lens, I totally agree. Applying a moral lens to the budget is ultimately what needs to happen. Let me try this. Uh, are there any particular ways you find yourself different? Because maybe the story of why, and maybe my sort of understanding of why you ended up running as Working Families Party candidate, is because it looked like there was energy to try to have uh, new representation in District 47, sort of after it was too late to file as a Democrat or build a campaign. Uh, but I don't know what words in your mouth. You can uh, tell your own origin story. But are there any things that make you particularly different than a standard, roughly speaking, progressive Democrat uh, from Portland? Any 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 areas you disagree with, let's say, Tina Kotek or the main line of the Democratic Party in Oregon? Uh, you know, I don't get into that, but I, I, I don't. Don't want to get, don't get into any. which. Uh, well, I don't have any, any qualms about the leadership of this state because I come from a state in Texas that is Republican-led, and we see how that goes. I And I, this is also why I ran, because there's a lack of leadership, and I, I, I harp on leadership because— Lack of leadership? Year, lack of leadership where? Just in general. I lost two people to COVID this year, my yeah. grandmother and I lost a younger cousin, yeah. 29 years old. And it didn't have to be that way. Um, and part of that was because I'm sorry of you had to deal lack with that. horrible. Lack of leadership is, is the reason my cousin is still not here. Now, but, my it, but it matters. It met, when you say lack of leadership, and I got it, well, I know we only have a couple minutes, but I, but I, I do want to, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to get my old job, right? That's it. That's, that's what's up right. to now. I, I, I care about this. I got some invested in it. Uh, and one of the questions I've got, is well, you just raised a question, which is who's lack of leadership? Because if you're saying that you have family members that died because of mayoral leadership, or because of legislative no. leadership, or because of gubernatorial leadership, that's a real thing. If you're just saying because you don't like Trump, well, that, that, that's a different thing. But I do, I do want to pin you down on understanding what you mean. Well, when I say that, I mean gubernatorial leadership. 
So what did the governor do wrong? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. National. Uh, I apologize. National leadership. Well, I was going to say you're about to break I, news. I, I, if you're going to you're going to blame it on Kate Brown. That was <laughs> we were going to have a headline. No, I should have no, just no, left no, it no. there. No, Got no, to no, another no. question. Absolutely. Her response to this by far has been better than where my grandmother passed away. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 my hand, I'm thankful and grateful that she had the, the hindsight and the, and, the, and the mental clarity to say, hey, we're not going to send our kids to school because my mom is now going to go be driving kids to school back in Texas. And she has asthma and she, you know, has that rest. She's deathly afraid of, of going back into the workforce yeah. and we don't have this virus under control. So, you know, I'm very thankful for the, the decisions that have been made um, in this state. And that's that's where I have where I'll leave it at. I appreciate that. The uh, I got to ask a couple other things, uh, and one is a follow up with the question I asked, and that is, there are a couple ways that one could look at this, right? One could look at it. Well, there are basically two Democrats running. There's Diego Hernandez and there's Ashton Simpson, and they're running in the general election, and you can pick. And there's another way to think about it. Well, there's a Democrat that's Diego Hernandez, and there's this other candidate, Ashton Simpson. He's new. This is the first time running for something, and he's a working families party candidate. Should we th- think of you as sort of another Democrat running, or should we think of you as something different than that? And if you're something different than that, in what ways? Well, so I don't. I see it as different, right? I'm not a Democrat in that sense because I'm I'm not a Democrat, but I am going to be progressive and forward thinking with my thought um, because we we can't maintain the status quo because. The status quo is the reason we're here. All now, right. So I've got right? I got to drill. I got to forgive my interruption, but I got to drill on this. If you're if you're going to be different than a Democrat, in what ways? Where are the places you disagree? And I think this is really. I, and I I hope it's okay that I'm asking that question. I think it's a real legitimate question. I think it's almost the ultimate question. Uh, is it mm-hmm. in what ways are you going to be? You are going to caucus with the Democrats. In what ways are you going to be different from the Democrats? Well, I, I first and foremost, we have to. I'm going to signal around climate change, right? We, we have to be radical. We have to be radical if we are going to hit our climate goals by 2030. All right. Highway right. expansions, where do you stand? Don't like it. Don't want it. You know what? That money could be better suited putting up, putting in uh, sidewalks, crosswalks, lighting, and connecting neighborhoods here in East Portland. Same question on Columbia River Crossing, Big Bridge to Vancouver. Where do you stand? Uh, no, no comment on that right now. How come? Because you don't know about it, or because you're still deciding? Uh, I'm still deciding on that. What are the what? What to you are the key questions? What are you not sure of? Well, I need a little bit more information from my team about it, and sure. I can I come back and answer it for you? Sure, man. Uh, and then last, uh, campaign finance limits or public financing? What do you? How are you feeling about money in politics? <sighs> you know, money in t- politics honestly is not where it needs to be. Um, I think that I, I get it. Money, you need money to pay for staff and mailers and this and that. But I think that sometimes we worry too much about the dollar that we need to get to a point where we're we're, we're electing folks to be statesmen who are re- representing us, not politicians. We need statesmen, folks who are actually going to be for the people and take care of people first. Because I think when we get into this this whole thing of collecting dollars, which, yes, we have to do it for the job, but it's it's not the part that is the most important piece of work. Honestly, the work that I want to do is I actually just want to go sit at a desk, make sure that the right policies are put forth to help take care of this district. And that's the most important piece of being a statesman is taking care of folks. 
Ashton Simpson running for the state legislature in District 47. Ashton, anything I should have asked you that I didn't? Any area you wish we would have covered and I didn't give you a chance? Uh, next time, let's talk a little bit about transportation. What do you want to do with transportation? If we're not going to do high, you're not sure about Clem River Crossing, which is ba- it's basically a big highway. Right. Well, uh, 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 more where, in where my neighborhood, more in my in my community in this district. Uh, what do you want to do about the metro? Up. What do you want to do? How, how do you feel about the metro bond? It, it's a start in the right direction, right? right? Uh, it, it may not address, and when I, I sat on a local investment team last summer um, to identify the corridors in that, and our number one priority was, yes, hitting climate goals and addressing a whole host of things, but for me it was to reduce pedestrian fatalities east of 82nd. Yeah. Uh, I do like, I love what's going to go in and on the progr- programmatic side of things, um, from safe routes to school to the anti-displacement um, committees, but it's a step in the right direction. I know there's critics about it that that don't that say it doesn't do enough, but you know I think in concert with other bureaus around this city and then with the state, we can do a whole lot more. We can build on that. It's a good foundation. Ashton, thank you so much for spending time. I hope we have a chance to do it again. Really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much.